Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. This is number 63, and I'm the host, Jake Ryan. I'm going to be doing a solo podcast this time, and in fact, I'm going to be doing a lot more solo podcasts. Uh, just telling some stories, some of my experiences in life, maybe just, you know, thinking out loud on some topics and hopefully cracking a few jokes. Um, but anyways, I thought today I would talk about, first of all, my one year of sobriety that I recently reached. Um, I just got back from a, a men's group recovery meeting, which has helped me a lot and through this last year, connecting with other people going through the same experiences. Some of them are in recovery for decades. Others are just new and it's been a great experience. I was pretty afraid to go to it at first. I was sweating, really nervous, high anxiety, and I'm getting real comfortable with it. Um, so my recovery was really for alcoholism. I had a huge addiction to alcohol. and I'm an alcoholic. I started drinking when I was like 16 years old-ish. And it was really just to kind of loosen up and party. I had never really drank, never wanted to drink, never wanted to smoke or do any drugs um, because I didn't like what I seen to do to my family and who it would turn people into. But I fell into the same patterns and ways of life, especially just later in high school when I talked to other girls and, you know, uh, be cool, fit in with everybody else that's partying. Um, a lot of my friends would still, like, smoke and drink and party, and I didn't partake. I was too focused on um, sports, skateboarding, playing guitar, making music, and stuff like that to get caught up in the party. But eventually, I got caught up in the party. And, you know, from drinking on the weekends and going to parties to drinking as much as I possibly could and the parties turned into just like every day and every night. And, you know, waking up and having a drink to try and cure the hangover, a little hair of the dog. And then I'd just be back on the train. Um, so I'd get in trouble when I was underage, uh, minor in possession of alcohol, and wouldn't take care of my responsibilities, just continued going to the parties, never learned my lesson, eventually ended up in jail. I'd end up in jail a few times, alcohol-related, of course. I'd get into some fights. Um, and now I've been doing these workbooks, and, you know, recently, like, going to church and other recovery program stuff where I have to self-reflect, answer some questions about myself and why I've done the things I've done, you know, work on making amends with people and realize some things about myself. Um, because the alcoholism, you know, it really got to the point that it wasn't just about the party anymore. Once I started, you know, losing work, quitting jobs, um, even after building 
successful independent businesses in construction and entertainment. I, you know, I thought that was part of the gig, was partying like a rock star. And abusing alcohol and drugs was just like the thing to do. And even with construction, be like, yo, get off work, have a drink, or even sometimes at lunch, have a drink with the guys, go back and finish up the rest of the day. Wake up hungover, get back at it, and get caught on these cycles of, even when I was making enough money, I'd pay for the party more and more, and eventually I wasn't paying my bills or saving up as much money, because I was getting more reliant on drugs and alcohol, especially once it just affected my mind so much, and my depression increased, my anxiety increased my self-esteem went down and eventually it just led me into this dark depression where I would just hide away in you know sometimes I'd make music and I think sometimes I made some great music under the influence because that was my only escape and now I'll have to go back and kind of reiterate and look at some of that stuff and try to make it better because it was so so sloppy, um, angry. I was full of a lot of resentment. Didn't want to take, you know, take responsibility for my own actions or my faults. Didn't want to admit my faults. And was too proud to say I'm sorry sometimes, or my bipolar would kick in, have mood swings, I'd be happy, sad, angry, have outbursts, uh, just be outrageous, and that didn't help. Um, sounds like my phone's got some sort of vibrating going on, hold on. Hopefully that didn't affect the video and the audio. It probably did. Um, that was my alarm going off at 11.11. Make a wish. Um, some people would call that angel time when I was growing up. But yeah, so with the alcoholism, I'd get caught up in the um, a lot more evil. Kind of got strayed off the, the righteous path, more down the wicked path. And I grew up going to church because of all the problems my family would go through due to alcoholism and making poor choices, infidelity, um, addictions to gambling and other parties, making other people, friends, higher priority than family. And so eventually I rebelled from the churches kind of lost God, or I'd be angry at God, wrestle with God, and be like, why are you putting me through this hell? Even though I would make the choices myself to abuse drugs and alcohol. And it was almost like a romanticizing it, like a rock star wise, where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go overboard. Especially when I got to the point where I just didn't care anymore what the consequences might be. I was so far gone. If I had lost jobs or got in trouble, I was just running away from my problems, not wanting to take care of them. You know, lose my driver's license and just kind of maybe feel like I couldn't get myself back up from rock bottom. That it was so hard to take that first step.
up that I might as well just stay at the bottom in the darkness because I loved hanging out in the darkness. I'd come home or just stay home all day, sleep in all day, stay up all night in the darkness, drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels or cases of beer and drink even my wife's beer once I ran out or turn to the wine, tons of red wine, blood of Christ. So I'd get really kind of into religion at times and even almost um, just enveloped with like maybe it felt like I could connect more with God or angels uh, because I would be in such turmoil with you know inner demons and feeling like I made a deal with the devil even on these drugs and substances maybe because I wanted fame and fortune and love and attention from other people to feel validated um, and to bask in the glory of my greatness when really I was just masking how much I hated myself and my self-hatred had to do with like the depression and that was fueled also by the alcohol and the poor choices you know hating myself for the mistakes I've made um, and so I've had to practice a lot more self-love and you know not only with my alcoholism did I have to quit drinking but I had to quit doing drugs too. I even quit smoking weed. I had a real affinity for psychedelic drugs, LSD primarily, also psilocybin, and I would do DMT, Molly, you know, amphetamines, um, ecstasy. You know, I've had my run with opiates, pills. So I've pretty much done the spectrum of substances and I never wanted to do them. Eventually I used myself as an, a lab rat and would use different substances and create art or just to escape reality. It was no longer just to help myself and you know but really I'm the problem and all these substances were my solution. Now I have been going to therapy and talked to a doctor about prescription medication so I've been on a mood stabilizer for bipolar manic depression because I would have these really high highs, you know, where I'd feel like God and feel like king of the world. And then I would crash and have these really low lows where I just would sink into depression, almost be like suicidal, think that, you know, I'm worthless and that I'm doomed. My soul belongs to the devil and I'm just, why try? So... You know, not everybody probably has these spiritual warfares going on within them, but I did. And problems with mental health. Now, the thing about it as well is it eventually led me to a mental breakdown. And a public meltdown at that, which was really not good. That was really humiliating. Massive embarrassment. You know, I lost friends family just would think I'm going nuts and crazy although I do that all the time I've had the near-death experiences going out of control um, like overdose a few times in my life whether on like opiates and psychedelics going crazy um, and just losing absolute control of my mind and body or wake up in a hospital or jail cell or somewhere I didn't know 
and uh, sometimes without my pants on. <laughs> Probably not good. Um, just protection, folks. And um, so it just got me into a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. And I thought that it, it would fix me. You know, even with the psychedelic drugs, I would try to fix my own brain by myself. Um, microdose to get off of alcohol, which kind of helped when I was microdosing psychedelics to get off alcohol, but then I would get strung out on the psychedelics. And I wouldn't just microdose. I'd maybe start off with a little bit in the morning. By the end of the night, I'd have tons. Because at the end of the night, I would just go into my room and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat hold 10 strip of acid and just go out of my mind you know or dive so deep into my mind and that was fascinating and I think there's a lot you can learn but I just I got stuck in the rabbit hole and I loved going down the rabbit hole and I had to bring myself out of it and I don't think it's completely necessary to, to hit those points if you want to have a psychedelic experience, you know, you could sit and meditate, go out in nature, you know, listen to binaural beats or isochronic tones and frequencies, or just do something you love, sing, play music, you know, get on those drums, play some hand drums, even doing some bike rides, going on walks in nature, just, um, you know, doing those things that you love, you hit that flow state and that's psychedelic, you know, if you get, um, I'd be obsessed with like the hallucinations as well because it would be fascinating like mandalas. You feel like you'd see heaven, visions of heaven or even visions of hell. And to tough through those bad times and I could self-reflect on maybe all the hell I put myself through and why. Why did I do it? I chose to do it. What was the purpose for going through all those negative experiences? And maybe it was to come out on the other side, tell stories, create art and music to hopefully share with other people. And maybe it will inspire and motivate them. And maybe it'll have a positive outcome for other people. Maybe it'll help people somehow. And that's all I can try to do now is help other people, help myself, help my family, and just be a positive influence and have a positive ripple effects out into the universe because I, I'm making up for a lot of a lot of the wrong I have done um, with my selfishness and how my selfishness could affect other people affect their happiness, their emotions, their well-being, their business and just other things like that so hitting one year was a huge accomplishment for me, for me. I've never gone that long without drinking or using drugs and in the past when I would be like okay I'm getting off of it I'm getting off it and I'd, maybe I'd go a week and you know be like ah, I can have a drink this weekend and then just just go crazy that weekend with the drinking you know because I'd buy myself a big old tall 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 can a 24 ouncer um maybe a 40 ounce to freedom um and then you know once i had the alcohol i would just loosen up to want to do other substances too and you know so i'd go a few months maybe and be like well let's see how long i can go this time so i already kind of made up in my mind where i was like eventually i'm gonna do this again eventually i'm gonna have a drink just to loosen up 
I'm not going to go crazy with my partying. I'm not going to get angry and lash out. I'm not going to do something stupid, but eventually I would. And eventually it would always lead to a mental breakdown. Um, and that would be my breaking point where it's like, I got to stop. I just have to stop. Um, or, you know, you end up back in handcuffs in the hospital, in jail. Don't want that. Um, break things that you really care about. Hurt people you really care about and love. And just to go one day was so hard. To go one day without a drink. One day without smoking. One day without using. It would be so hard. But if I could just go one day, then the next day I would tell myself, Okay, you went one day. You can go another day. When I hit three days, I'd be like, Okay, you're starting to get over your cravings a bit. You know that you can... You can curb your cravings and you can focus on something else. You can do some push-ups or sit-ups or play a little guitar or watch something on your phone or TV or whatever it might be to take your mind off of it. And just distract yourself till the craving goes away. And eventually it just it was so hard... And other people would try to help me, but I'm so rebellious. I just didn't want help. I was too prideful, too self-righteous or something. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. Eventually, I couldn't do it myself, and I just, I'd pray to, you know, God, higher power, the universe, whatever you might call it. I'd pray and say, I just, it's so hard to do this myself I feel like I don't have the power or the strength sometimes to do this myself and I, I succumb to the substances and the temptations please God give me the strength and the power to overcome and I believe my prayers are answered because eventually I did overcome it and I'm still overcoming it and I still pray and I still go to these groups and I still have the cravings, and I still have the desires, and I still have these thought patterns that I would live with for years and years and decades, and I still work on changing them, and it's probably not something that will ever go away, but I work on my behaviors or taking a moment to just pause, bite my tongue, and not start going off on curse words and just popping off the top without thinking, you know, if I could just think, pause, not react and overreact and just be like, look, I'm somebody different now. I'm going to be somebody different. I'm going to be a better person, be a better man, husband, father, friend, son, even a better worker, a better artist, a better podcaster, a better musician, a better producer, a better... Um, communicator as most of my problems you know better at controlling my emotions better at analyzing myself and my emotions and why I'm acting this way and better at accepting people or things that are out of my power so I just wanted to say that you know my recovery has been going well it's not easy. I did reach out and join some groups. Um, 
because I don't want to relapse. And I know there's always that possibility and that potential, but I just don't want to do that. And I, I want other people to hold me accountable. Because I did this for myself, but at the same time I did it for my kids, my wife, my family, my friends, and my fans and followers. And I felt like I had lost fans and followers at points in my life after I had gained them with my music and art and playing shows and traveling. And I want to get out and play shows and travel. And I, don't, I wouldn't mind playing the bars, but I don't really want to play the bars. But I feel like I've gotten to the point where I could still do that and not be tempted to drinking and know that people hopefully don't want me to drink and that they want to see me succeed. But I, I, I want to play bigger concerts, bigger stages, theaters, eventually the stadiums, you know. Um, but playing the smaller gigs, super rad. I'm, we're going to be setting up some smaller gigs here soon. I'll play out on the streets. Outside gigs are the best. I'll be doing my fair share of busking. And, um, churches. You know, I'm going back to church now. I got baptized recently. You know, got more in touch with Jesus Christ, God fellowship and it it's changed my life because the devil was super active in my life and you know with the crossroads podcast it all kind of revolves around the old fashioned legend and the myth of going down to the crossroads to make a deal with the devil to be rich and famous and the greatest guitar player in the world robert johnson and uh that's just something i wrestle with especially when i'd be you know blasting off on psychedelics and alcohol and something I really wrestled with and I'll still fight the good fight and hopefully I can help y'all maybe inspire y'all if you'd like me to turn some of these stories into animations and cartoons let me know. I'm going to make, uh, I have new music coming out. Not all of it's about recovery, but a lot of it is inspired by recovery and my struggles with sobriety and alcoholism, um, addiction, substance abuse, mental health. And stay tuned for some of my new music videos and new albums coming out. New singles, first off. Um, I'm re-releasing some of my old music videos and because everything's being rebranded under Crossroads. So, yeah, tune into the Crossroads podcast, Crossroads music. More and more, hit the notification bell. Make sure and subscribe. Leave me a comment. Hit the like. And I appreciate y'all. Uh, stay tuned for more. And, yeah, thanks again for tuning in. I don't know if there's anything else real important I have to say, but uh, God bless. I, you know, I'm going to try and even end with the uh, serenity prayer. I've started to remember these prayers. Um, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The power to overcome the things I can change. And the wisdom to know the, the difference. I think that's how it goes. I might have messed it up. I'm not sure. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the willingness to accept the things I can, and 
the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, anyways, much love to y'all. God bless, take care, and I will see you on the other side. Back at the crossroads again. All right, later.